0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analysing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapter 12 of Breaking Dawn. Some people just don't grasp the concept of unwelcome. That's right. So where we left off, Jacob started his own new pack. Well, he didn't really want his own new pack, but Seth followed him and he's like, go away, Seth. And Seth's like, nah, I love vampires. I want to help you protect the Cullens because i got a hard on for the Cullens. And meanwhile, Bella's big plan is that she'll die, but she thinks she'll be strong enough to keep her heartbeat going while she's in the death throes. And then she can be turned into a vampire once she's brought the baby to full term. Like what? She's the biggest dum-dum. She's such a dum-dum. Oh, I'm just going to keep my heart going, Jacob. It's so simple. Oh, is it? I didn't know people just had a choice in whether or not they died, Bella. Oh, she's so stupid. So we pick up with Jake and Seth planning on who's doing the patrols, blah, blah, blah. Jacob would run the first shift, then it's dawn. So then he's waking up Seth because it's Seth's turn. Nothing's happening, right? They just are doing shifts, running around the house. And yet we get a whole big chunk of paragraph just explaining how he woke Seth up because it was his turn. It's like, okay. And then he says, well, then I tried to fall asleep, but I couldn't fall asleep because my brain was busy. And then I could hear the rhythmic running of Seth running around the house, thump, 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 which was lulling me into sleep, but I'm not asleep because I'm still fucking narrating this book. So after all that, Jacob doesn't fall asleep because Seth has a piercing howl breaking the early morning quiet. And Jake's like, rot row, what's that about? Even though we can read Seth's mind, so we should immediately know what it's about. But he's like, Seth, what's wrong? What's going on, Seth? And then Jacob hears someone say, morning, boys. As in telepathically, they didn't say it out loud. And so then, oh my God, the worst thing that could ever happen in the whole entire world to Jacob happens in this moment. Leah has joined his pack. She's now part of their telepathic communication. And Jacob is honestly devastated. They hate Leah so much. It's so wrong how much they hate her. Yeah, she's a bitch for good reason. You know, I'm, I'm team Leah with the whole imprinting fucked up her life side of things. But the way they carry on, the-, the way they carry on about this Leah, right? So she defects to Jacob's side and they're so angry at her. And it's like, okay, well, if she didn't defect, you'd be in the position where you might have to kill her tomorrow when you guys are fighting, right? So would you rather kill her than have her be on her side? Would you rather her kill you than her be on your side? Is it that terrible? Is it that awful? To have a woman's voice in your mind—I mean, it's just—it's—it's it's just crazy the way they treat her. They hate her guts, and they say this out loud, or at least they think it out loud. And surely that must hurt her feelings. Like no one—no wonder she's a bitch to you guys, because you guys are awful to her. So she says, "Morning, boys," and Seth's snarling at her, his sister, mind you, and Jacob's snarling back as well. And it's like, you know. When someone says morning, you say good morning back. I'm sorry. Even if you're feuding, you say good morning. Seth goes, oh man, go away, Leah. And he's howling. And that's when Jacob's like, stop howling. We have told the vampires that we'll howl when something bad happens. And yeah, I guess this travesty has happened, but like, stop it. And Seth goes, oh yeah, right. And he goes, ugh, exclamation mark, ugh, exclamation mark, ugh, exclamation mark. Three ughs in a row. He's just ugh all over the place. And he's whimpering, he's pawing at the ground, he's, he's scratching furrows in the dirt like he is an actual dog. I know she makes jokes about them being a dog, but he's actually acting like a dog. And it's like, you have human speech. And so Leah, she's like, stop whining, Seth, you're such a baby. And then they're growling at her. They're like, oh, you fucking bitch, what are you doing here, you stupid skank? And she goes, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I'm joining your crappy little renegade pack. And Jacob's like, no, you're not. As if we don't want you here helping us in the fight for our lives. We prefer being outnumbered two people to seven. Thank you very much. Get out of here, Leah, get out. He says, turn around before I rip out one of your hamstrings. Like, oh my God. Can you take a chill pill and leave Leah alone? Maybe say, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Leah. I was just bitching and moaning about how I can't get to sleep because I've got to do patrols in the middle of the night. So thank you. Having you here might be helpful. I might be able to get some shut eye knowing that there's two other people who can help patrol. He's like, I'm going to tear your hamstrings out, Leah. And she says, like you could catch me. You want to race? And he's like, oh, I hate you so much. And he says, Seth, go let the Cullens know that it's just your stupid sister. And he says, I thought the words as harshly as possible. So he really wants to be harsh. And so Seth runs off and Leah's like, uh, you're just gonna let him go and hang out with the vampires. That's not a great thing to do. And Jacob says, I'm pretty sure he'd rather they took him out than spend another minute with you. No, I uh, I get siblings fight and all, but I really don't think Seth prefer dying to having to spend a minute with his sister. A minute, another minute with his sister. No, I'd rather die what? Jacob's like, why the hell are you here? And she says, well, uh, do you think I'm just going to sit at home while my little brother volunteers as a vampire chew toy? And I was like, yeah, fair enough. And he says, Seth doesn't want or need your protection. In fact, no one wants you here. It's like, oh my God. You've, you've hammered the point home, dude. You've hammered it home. Also, she can read your thoughts so she knows she's not wanted. You don't really need to explicitly say it. And poor Leah. Poor Leah, she knows she's fucked either way because she's like, oh, well, who does want me around? Tell me who does want me and then I'm out of here because Sam also has been horrible to her. I mean, he's done it more nicely, I guess, but it's still not great. That whole situation's very toxic for poor Leah. So clearly she doesn't want to be with Sam and Jacob's picking up on this and he's like, yeah, so it's not really about Seth. That's not why you're here. And she goes, of course it's about Seth. I'm just pointing out that being unwanted is not a first for me. It's not really a motivating factor. And Jacob's like, oh, did Sam send you? And she's like, no. If if Sam sent me, how could I be telepathically communicating you in a pack right now, idiot? She says, my allegiance is no longer with him. And Jacob's listening and he's like, hmm, okay, I gotta think this through. He says, if this was a diversion or a ploy, I had to be alert enough to see through it. Even though he can he can read her mind, so shouldn't it be obvious? And then he says, but there was nothing. Her declaration was nothing but the truth. Unwilling, almost despairing truth. It's like, okay, good. So we're agreed. She's telling the truth. But then he says, you're loyal to me now? I asked with deep sarcasm. "Uh Uh-huh, right. So what you just told me, she said the unwilling, almost despairing truth, nothing but the truth. And yet you're being sarcastic, being like, oh, really? It's like, yes, really. You just told me she's telling the truth, cunt. What? And Leah's like, yeah, mate. Like, I I picked you guys. I'm not enjoying this, by the way. And Jacob's like, "Mm, actually, I think she is enjoying this. She's kind of liking it. And so he goes, I searched her mind trying to understand. And she bristled, resenting the intrusion. And he says, I usually tried to tune Leah out. I would never tried to make sense of her before. (laughs) That's so mean. And she can hear that. Remember, because his narration are all of his stream of conscious thoughts. Even though half the time he's thinking in italics, half the time he isn't. So he really shouldn't be taking half of his descriptive paragraphs as dialogue. But apparently it's dialogue because the other wolves can hear it. It's a whole big thing. Anyway, so then they're overhearing Seth thinking his explanation to Edward. And Seth's also thinking, wow, Edward looks like shit. Which, again, he can hear that. So... (laughs) Seth's saying in his head, wow, Edward looks like absolute shit, absolute crap. And it's like, oh my God, people can control their thoughts, right? Like, I guess some things you think unconsciously, but Alice controls her thoughts. Remember when they were graduating, she was actively trying not to think something. And yet here Seth is just not even, not even pretending to think that Edward doesn't look like absolute shit. I just think it'd be polite. If when you're dealing with telepaths that you just, you think happy thoughts. That's just how I was raised. Anyway, so Edward goes back into the house and Leah's like, all right, we'll catch me up to speed. And Jacob's like, no, Leah, no one wants you here, Leah. You're not staying here, Leah. Get the fuck out. And she goes, well, actually, yeah, I am staying because apparently I have to belong to someone and don't think I haven't tried breaking off on my own. You know yourself how well that doesn't work. I choose you. And what? So... She's like, oh, I have to, I have to be with either pack. I can't go off on my own. You know that Jacob, even though Jacob did run away. Like he ran away for months and yeah, they did have like a vague connection with him still, but he was, he was pretty disassociated from the pack and he only came back for the wedding and then he's only sticking around because he thought Bella was going to get killed. So he was going to kill the vampires. Like I think if Jacob wanted, he could have just left. And I think Leah could have just done that too. Also. Just don't phase back into a wolf. If you really don't want to be in the mind of your ex-boyfriend and in the mind of your brother and all these other people that you hate and you don't want to be a part of the pack, just phase back into being a human, catch a flight, move down to San Diego and live your life. Live your life, Leah. You don't have to be a werewolf. But like saying, oh, Jacob, you of all people know that you can't break away. And it's like, no, he has done it. And Jacob, I don't know if he just thinks that Leah hasn't figured it out yet that he doesn't like her. But he says, Leah, you don't like me and I don't like you. It's like, fuck me, dad. She knows. She knows. And she's like, yeah, okay. Well, big deal. I'm still going to stay with my brother. And Jacob says, you don't like vampires. Don't you think that's a little conflict of interest right there? It's like, bitch, since when do you like vampires? Well, since like two chapters ago, But, but still, still, there's not enough time in between your about face to now, for you to be on your high horse like this, Jacob, and she's just like, well, I'll just keep my distance from the vampires and run patrols. Like, oh my god, I don't have to be bosom buddies with Rosalie, I don't have to be an Esme's book club buddy. And Jacob's like, hey, how can I trust you? And she's like, bitch, I will not betray my pack. Let me be. And he's like, ugh. He goes, I wanted to throw my head back and howl. Like, is she that annoying? And he's like, oh, what is it with you clearwaters? Why can't you leave me alone? And then Seth comes back and he's whining because he's all offended. And Seth's like, I've been helpful, haven't I, Jake? And he's like, oh my God, you clearwaters. Give me some space. And Jacob, because I'm getting the sense, I'm starting to suspect Jacob doesn't like Leah. He says, oh, Seth, you're all right on your own. But if the only way to get rid of her is for you to go home, well, can you blame me for wanting you gone? because I hate Leah so much. I'd rather be alone forever than ever have to put up with Leah. And so Seth, he goes, ugh, Leah, you ruin everything, exclamation mark. Like, oh my God, what is this, the roast of Leah? Has she not suffered enough? And Leah goes, yeah, I know. And like her words are heavy with despair. And that's when Jacob starts to be like, oh, she's a human being with feelings, huh? Even though he's got that telepathic connection with her, he's always tried to tune her out, apparently. So now he's finally empathizing with her, which shouldn't be that hard when it's someone that yeah, your, your mind is bonded to. It shouldn't be that hard to s- sense how they might be feeling. But now he's like, huh, maybe Leah has had a bit of a rough trot. And he goes, oh, I, I don't want to feel bad for her. Oh, just to put that out there. I didn't want to feel bad for her. Sure, the pack was rough on her, but she brought it all on herself. Okay, so there was like, a shining moment of empathy, and then it was just buried away. He says, she brought it all on herself with the bitterness that tainted her every thought and made being in her head a nightmare. So he's like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to feel bad for you, bitch. I hate you. And like, is it, is it her fault that she's got bitter thoughts? Her fiance dumped her for her cousin, and now she's got to read the thoughts of that fiance, thinking about how much he loves the cousin. I mean, that's not fun. And then she's got to think about how everyone else hates her. And it's not even like a suspicion that everybody else hates her. They're very vocal that they hate her. So yeah, no wonder she's bitter. And then Seth starts to feel guilty too. So he starts to defend Leah. But the best he can do is say, oh, Jake, Leah's not so bad. (laughs) Really, I mean, uh, she can help us with the perimeter. It puts Sam down a number, I mean. It's probably a good thing. Like, imagine that. Imagine your brother coming to your defense and just saying, she's not that bad. Like, geez Louise, does she have any other redeeming qualities that someone can shed a light on, please? I don't know. Let's think it through. I guess she's headstrong. I'd say she's loyal, but she did just abandon her pack, so we can't say that one. Um. Uh, her dad's dead as well, by the way. Her dad just died. Can we give the girl some grace? Although it is interesting that the dead dad never comes up. Like Harry died, what, a couple of months ago? A couple of months ago. And they just, they just never bring that up. That's interesting. I don't know if they forgot or Stephanie Meyer forgot, but someone forgot. But yeah, let's give the girl some grace. I'm sure she's got some good qualities. I mean, none are coming to mind. And so then Jake's like, you guys should just leave like this again. And then Seth goes, no, Jake, I belong here. I do like vampires. <laughs> Cullen's anyway. They're people to me, and I'm going to protect them, cause that's what we're supposed to do. No, you're supposed to kill vampires. That's that, that's your job description. The pack came to be to kill vampires, and he's like, "Oh, I'm here to protect people, and vampires are people. That's my job." No, it's not. It's literally not. And Jacob's like, "Yeah, well, you might belong, but your sister doesn't." And I, I thought we just agreed that we would just put up with Leah, but I guess not. It's still an argument. And then he catches a glimpse of something that Leah's really thinking, but she suppressed it. So Leah has the ability to suppress thoughts, which is interesting. And he's only just caught a tiny little glimpse. He's picked up on something that she was trying not to think. And then he goes, oh, wait a minute. This isn't about Seth at all. And she's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And he's like, yeah, it's about Seth. And you want to get away from Sam, which I thought I, I thought would be obvious. But she's just like, Jacob, butt out. I don't have to explain myself to you. I just have to do what I'm told. I belong to your pack. That's it. The end, she says. And then he's like, oh, crap. Crap, he says. I was never going to get rid of her. Oh, that bitch. As much as she disliked me, as much as she loathed the Cullens, as happy as she'd be to go kill all the vampires right now, as much as it pissed her off to have to protect them instead, none of that was anything compared to what she felt being free of Sam. It's like, yeah. It's not that hard to understand. Yeah. And he's thinking it through. He's like, oh, Leah doesn't like me. I don't like her. (laughs) Which he said a lot, you know, like you've said it a lot now, Jacob, like six times. And again, this is his inner monologue. So he's technically thinking this and they're technically hearing this. And he's really just explaining her logic to us, the reader. And he says now that she had a choice, she would have taken any other option than being with Sam, even if it meant moving in with the Cullens as their lapdog. And she was hearing all of that. And she goes, don't know if I'd go that far. And she sort of makes a, a, a little jab about maybe she'd prefer to kill herself rather than being a lapdog for the Collins. And it's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness gracious me. Just be like, hey, Leah, good morning. Thanks for joining the pack. Like this is, this is completely unnecessary, this whole fight. And she says, stop arguing. I'm here, it's done, get over it. Even though she did say that earlier, she goes, it's the end, she said. Then they're still going on about it. And she goes, if you want me to leave, you're going to have to make me. And she knows he's not going to do that because he's all team free will. And now, and now he starts being a sympathetic person. Jacob finally gets his head out of his ass and starts to think about other people's perspectives and experiences, but not Leah, (laughs) not Leah. He goes, wow, I'm, I'm starting to really find some sympathy for Sam. So now he's feeling sorry for Sam. And how Sam had to put up with Leah all this time because Leah's such a toxic person. And then he goes, Seth, are you going to get mad at me if I kill your sister? And Seth's like, yes. (laughs) Like, yeah, probably. And Jacob sighs. Like, what did you expect him to be like? No, go for it. Kill your sister. Like, what? What? And Jacob says, fine. Okay, miss, do anything I want. Why don't you make yourself useful and tell us what happened after we left last night? And so she says there was lots of howling. They realized they couldn't hear either of you. Sam was going to go talk to the elders first thing in the morning, and then they were going to meet up and figure out a game plan. When they all split up for patrols last night, she asked permission to go home, to tell her mother what had happened. And then Seth butts in and is like, oh crap, you told mum. And Jacob goes, Seth, hold off on the sibling stuff for a sec. Continued Leah. And it's like, what? She just thought about it. So I don't... I don't know how she's so guarded when every thought that Jacob has is communicated to the other wolves. And yet here's Leah telling a story about how she planned to tell her mum something. And Seth asks a follow-up question that gets cut off, but she doesn't think the answer. Like she doesn't even like visualize a yes or a no. She She just doesn't think anything. I don't know. It's really confusing how this works. I just think it's like, you know, when you say to someone, try not to think of an elephant. And then of course they think of an elephant because it's like, yeah, you just said elephant. I'm going to picture an elephant. It's like, if you say, did you tell mum? You'd think yes or no. Or you'd you'd relive that image in your head. And yet she doesn't. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, so she says she turned human and then she stayed up all night to think things through. She figured the whole two separate packs, two separate pack minds thing would benefit her if she went with Jacob, blah, blah, blah. We already We already said all of this. And then she reveals she left the note for her mum. Uh, okay, so that's that story. I love how he was like, oh, what happened last night? Obviously wanting to hear what the pack was saying. And then she went on this big speech about how she was tossing and turning at night, thinking things through in a human form. And it's like, well, we weren't really wondering about that. We were more wondering like, is the pack going to attack the Collins? But she skipped all over that.
1: Imagine. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: So then they fight over who's got the next patrol. He's like, have a nap. And she's like, I don't want to have a nap. And he's like, you haven't slept. And she's like, well, I don't care. I want to run around. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. It's just the goal of them to say Leah's annoying when they're all just as annoying. It's like, do you think I want to be in Jacob's mindscape right now? And like, no, I don't. So Seth and that bitch, Leah, they do laps around the house. They run in the perimeter while Jacob goes in to go talk to the Cullens. And while they're running around and he's walking to the house, he's still thinking about how much he hates Leah. <laughs> he goes, oh, Leah was trying for Leah. She kept her jibes to a minimum, but it was impossible not to be aware of her smug mood. And then he thinks about the saying, two's company, three's a crowd. And he's like, oh, if there had to be three of us, it was hard to think of anyone that I wouldn't trade her for. Which is, again, pretty fucking rough. And she can hear it. And so then she's suggesting Paul, because, you know, he hates Paul, the guy that ate all his Doritos. And he's like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'd prefer you over Paul. And so she thinks that'll be my goal then, to be less annoying than Paul. See, she's accommodating. And so then he turns back into a human. He puts his jorts on. And he goes up to the house and then Carlisle opens the door and he's like, oh, hi, Jack. And Carlisle looks exhausted and defeated. And it's not Edward. So Jacob's a bit worried that Bella's dead or something. And Carlisle's like, oh, no, she's fine. Edward just gave me the heads up that you were coming in your human form. So I thought I'd come out for a chat. And the insinuation is that Edward didn't want to leave Bella's side because Bella's almost dead. So Carlisle thanks Jacob for his sacrifice, you know, abandoning his pack to protect Carlyle's family. And Jacob's like, yeah, don't mention it. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. And Jacob can also hear Bella's labored panting in the other room. And he can hear her heart too. And it sounds uneven. And he's like, fuck, she's dying. And so Jacob's like, wow, are you really going to let Bella die? And he's like, ugh, believe me, I've tried to do what I could, but I can't take away her will. And Jacob's like, well, I understand that. I just had a whole monologue about free will not that long ago. So I get it. And Jacob says, do you think she'll make it? Like, will she hang on enough to be a vampire? I heard about the Esme theory about how she kept her heart beating and all that crap. And Carlyle's like, nah, it's 50-50. He says, I've seen vampire venom work miracles, but there are conditions that even venom can't overcome. Her heart is working too hard. If I should fail, there won't be anything for me to do. Oh, oh well. So Jacob says, what's that thing doing to her? And Carlyle says, the fetus isn't compatible with her body. It's too strong. The bigger problem is that it won't allow her to get the sustenance she needs. Her body is rejecting every form of nutrition. I'm trying to feed her through an IV, but she's not absorbing it. I'm watching her and the fetus starve to death by the hour. I can't stop it and I can't slow it down. I can't figure out what it wants. And it's like, okay, it's blood, obviously. What, what do you think the vampire baby might want, Carlisle? What could it, what could it possibly be craving? Blood, dickhead, blood. And he says, I can't figure out what it wants. And wants is in italic, so he's like stressing it, being like, oh my God, I can't figure it out. And it's like, okay, surely, surely you've considered the possibility that the vampire baby might want blood. Surely. But no, I don't think they have. And Jacob, he's not an idiot. And he's like, oh no, the yeah, that, that little vampire thing. It's probably looking for something to sink its teeth into, a throat to suck dry. And since it wasn't big enough to kill anyone else yet, it settled for sucking Bella's life from her. And he's like, yep, I could tell them what it wants. It wants death and blood and blood and death. And so while he's thinking that, Carlyle, the biggest dummy in the world, says, oh, I wish I could get a better idea of what it is and what it wants. Oh, what what could this fetus, this vampire fetus, be craving? Oh, I'll never know. I've got like eight PhDs, but oh, I'll never know. And then Carlyle's complaining about not being able to get an ultrasound. He he can't get a needle into the amniotic sac or something or other because the needle won't break the skin or something or other, or Rosalie won't let a needle anywhere near her or something or other. It's just excuses, excuses, excuses. And it's like, do you really need to know much about it? Like it's 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 a demon baby. It's a half vampire, half human baby. Like, is uh, uh, there you go. He says, the more I know about the fetus, the better I can estimate what it will be capable of. What I wouldn't give for even a little amniotic fluid if I knew even the chromosomal count. And Jake says, you're losing me, doc. Can you dumb it down? And so it's like, oh, okay. So if he doesn't know what chromosomes are, all right. And Carla laughs in his face. He's like, ha 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 ha. He goes, Wow. How much biology have you taken? Did you study chromosomal pairs? And Jacob, even though we just said, slow down, doc, dumb it down for me. I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, we have 23 chromosomal pairs, obviously, don't we? Like, oh, we remembered that fact from biology. And yet a second ago, when chromosomes got mentioned, he was like, dumb it down for me, doc. And yet he knows that fact. What? None of that makes sense. And Carlisle says, well, humans have 23, but us vampers, we have 25. And Jacob's like, wow, okay, what does that mean? And Carlyle says, I thought it meant that our species were almost completely different, less related than a lion and a house cat. But this new life, well, it suggests that we were more genetically compatible than I'd thought. Okay, How- <laughs> I've said it before, but you were all fucking humans. Just, you know, before you became vampires, you were humans. You look like humans. You talk like humans. You have a few extra skills and all that. You drink blood, you don't sleep, you don't pee. Okay, yeah, sure, there's differences. But the way they act, he's like, oh, it's the same as like a lion and a house cat. But you know what? House cats didn't wake up one day and become lions like humans became vampires. There's more of a difference between lions and house cats than there, are, than there are between humans and vampires. He's always so shocked. He's like, wow, what? Humans are so crazy. And it's like, you were a fucking human. You were a human. What? And oh my God, the way that he's just so stumped, so stumped by the possibility that a vampire and a human could have a baby. He is just completely thrown for a, a loop. He's like, I didn't know to warn them. I didn't think I should have had to warn them. I didn't know. And it's like, well, you know who knew? Alice. Did that fucking Alice not have any vision about this? Not a single vision. How did she not? How did she not? I don't know how her powers work. And yet I know I've struggled with this for a long time. For years now. For years I've been struggling with Alice's powers. And it's because it doesn't make sense. It's not because I'm an idiot. It's, it's not because... I don't understand the whole, oh, as soon as you make a decision, something happens. No, it's because it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Alice should have been having visions at least since after the wedding, right? At least. And if not before the baby was conceived, as soon as it was conceived over on Oh Esme, Alice should have had a vision of some shit going down. And yet it took weeks, weeks. I think she had a vision once Bella realised she was pregnant. But even then, like, what what were they doing in all this time? I think they do some research and find an, another vampire baby that has existed. Like, I have a memory of some other kid being alive who was a vampire baby. Would you not have put out the call sooner? I don't get it. What's Alice doing? Sitting on her ass. Anyway, so Carlisle's like, I didn't think to, to warn them. I thought we were so different from humans. And he says, oh, it just would help to know what the chromosomal count was, whether the fetus was closer to us or closer to her, just to know what to expect. It's a vampire baby, dude. Half human, half vampire. Like, well, it's clearly not more her than vampire since it's since it's growing at an accelerated rate, since it's killing her, since you can't get to the bloody amniotic sac. Like, of course it's more vampire than it is human at the moment, dickhead. And he's like, oh, I'm stumped. Without chromosomes, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, oh my God, think outside the box. And then Jacob's like, wonder how many chromosomes I have. And Carlisle's like, well, uh, you don't have to wonder too much. Uh, you have 24, Jake. And he's like, what? And he goes, yeah, I know. When I was fixing your broken leg or your broken bones or whatever the other day, like I, did, I did take a sample. My bad. And Jake's like, well, I guess I should be pissed off, but I don't really care. <laughs> And Carlisle's like, oh yeah, I don't mean any harm, but it's just, your species is fascinating. Your family's divergence from humanity is much more interesting than vampires. It's like, what? Carlisle's a weird dude. I get everyone in the fandom loves Carlisle, but like, he's a crackpot. He turns all these people vampires against their will and then makes them vegetarian as well. It's like, oh my God. What a way to force your life for you on multiple people. And then he makes them go to high school. He's like, oh, I want to be a doctor at this shitty little... Fox Hospital, this shitty little hospital. I'm sorry, but he's meant to be one of the brightest minds in the world and he's wasting his time at, at, at like a Fawkes, like rural hospital. Should he not be like going to like some, like bigger hospitals, like research facilities or something? Like you, you could be benefiting a lot more of the world than just like dealing with like sprained ankles at, at Fox Hospital, you know what I mean? Anyway, so your, your, your ambition is to work at this Fawkes Hospital and so in order for you to stay there for a few years to really, you know, get to know the people and what deliver a few babies, you, you make your whole family like sign up for high school and then you're just going to move and make them do high school over and over and over again, just so you can keep working at a hospital. What, what's, what's your game plan here? What's your game plan? And yet, so he, he's, done, he's got this whole theory that when people are like almost dead, when there's no chance of them surviving, he'll turn them into vampires, right? And yet working in a hospital, do you think he not, comes across people who are dying all the fucking time? And yet he turns his back on each and every one of them, each and every one of them. How many patients do you think he's had that he could have given a new life by turning them into a vampire? And he went, nah, I don't know. He's a crackpot, guys. He's, he's a fucking Fruit loop. Okay. So then Edward comes out. He's like, okay, enough of that medical chat. Edward's like, guys, guys, I think you're onto something. So Edward and Rosalie come out for the chat. Rosalie gets Esme to look after Bella. Rosalie's been super protective. And Edward says, perhaps we've been going about this the wrong way. I was listening in on your conversation just now because, you know, he's rude. He goes, I was listening in. And when you were speaking about what the fetus wants, Jacob had an interesting thought. And Jacob's like, what? I thought something? Me? And they're all still in the dark Like not even considering that the vampire baby might want a little bit of blood. And Edward's like, we haven't addressed that angle. We've been trying to get Bella what she needs, but perhaps we should address the needs of the fetus first. He says, maybe if we can satisfy it, we'll be able to help her more effectively. And Carlyle, one of the most brilliant minds in our world, he says, I'm not following you, Edward. And it's like, oh my God. You guys eat one thing. It's not like he's suggesting that we feed Bella pasta. It's like, no, no. It's not a crazy random ingredient. It's like vampires eat one fucking thing and you haven't tried that one fucking thing. He's got to really make it obvious to Carlyle, make him realise what he's missing. He goes, think about it, Carlyle. If that creature is more vampire than human, can't you guess what it craves? What it's not getting? Jacob guessed. And Jacob's like, oh, dude, he's just so stupid as well. And then Carlyle finally the penny drops. He goes, oh, you think it's thirsty? And Rosalie's all turned on by that. She cracks the fat because she's like, oh, yeah, we've got blood just hanging around. Let's feed that little baby some blood because they've stocked up some O negative for Bella in case Bella needs it. But now Rosalie's like, fuck Bella. <laughs> Cause you know, Rosalie hates Bella. She just only cares about the baby. It's so funny. And Carlisle like is blown away. He's like, wow, interesting theory. I would never have thought that a vampire demon spawn would, would want blood, would get nutrients from blood. That's crazy." He says, well, then I wonder what the best way would be to administer the blood. And Rosalie's like, are you fucking serious, mate? She's like, are you dumb? Are you dumb? She goes, we don't have time to be creative. Why don't we just do it the traditional way? And then Jacob realizes what's going on, even though he was the impetus of all this. He's like, wait a minute. Are you talking about making Bella drink blood? And Rosalie says, it was your idea, dog. (laughs) Just so funny. But how did she not have that idea? How did none of them have that idea? Seven blood drinkers in a house and none of them even thought, hey, let's just give her a little bit of blood. And also, so they've got all this own egg just lying about the house. Jasper went ballistic when a little tiny little pinprick of blood fell on the carpet and he went ballistic. And now you're just telling me they've got bags of own egg and they're all fine. They're all fine. Maybe because it's cold. I mean, they kept the own egg cold, I assume. Are they going to feed it to Bella Hot? I don't know. But I'm just not buying that Jasper's just like not drinking it. Imagine if they go to the blood bank and they're like, oh my God, Jasper, Jasper, who ate the blood that I left in the fridge? And again, Alice saw nothing of this. She hasn't seen Bella in the future drinking blood. Like, oh my God, Alice, I'm going to need you to get your head out of your ass and try a little bit harder to manifest some visions. Come on. And so Jacob, he's like, oh, you're going to make her drink blood. That's a bit yuck. And Edward's like, monstrous, repulsive. I know. And then they're like, oh my God, Edward, calm down. Let's just ask Bella if she's open to it, okay? And so then Jacob's realising that Rosalie is super into the baby and wouldn't mind if Bella's dead. And when he thinks that, Edward like nods his head being like, you fucking nailed it with that one. We gotta, we gotta be careful of this, of this chick. She hates Bella and she's gonna kidnap the baby. And Jacob thinks, huh, I wouldn't have thought the ice cold Barbie would have a maternal side so much for protecting Bella Rosalie'd probably jam the tube down Bella's throat herself. And Edward's like, yeah. So they're actually thinking they're going to put a tube down Bella's mouth instead of getting her to drink it. Like, oh my God. She wants to be a vampire. Just say, look, bitch, this is the gig. This is the gig. You're going to have to get used to it eventually. Drink some blood. I'm not fart assing around with a tube down your throat. Like just drink the fucking blood. And yeah, it's repulsive. Yeah, it's monstrous. But like this, this is what you're signing up for, Bells. I mean, it's not what the person who donated the blood signed up for. They probably thought the blood was going to some good use, but no. Yeah, that was a waste of the blood donor's time and, and blood. And so they all go inside. They're like, let's ask Bella. And Jacob's like, well, I got to see this. <laughs> He's like, I'm going in. I don't know how this convo goes. So he goes in. Bella looks like shit as per usual. Her belly is a mountain under the sheet and she looks waxy and colorless, which I mean, what else is new? And she's like, oh, Jake, what's going on? And they're like, we had an idea. Well, they say, Jacob had an idea. And Jacob's like, it wasn't my fucking idea. I was just thinking. I was just thinking my inner monologue. You guys spun that into an idea. They're like, we had an idea. Well, Jacob had an idea um, that might help you or help the baby, like to feed the baby. And she's like, okay, spit it out. And they're like, it's blood. But Edward, he doesn't just say that. He goes, Bella, we're going to ask you to do something monstrous, something repulsive. And it's like, fuck, mate. Have you ever thought about like cushioning the blow, like spinning it into a positive? Like you don't have to go out there and be like, it's repulsive and monstrous. Just be like, hey, it's a bit out of left field. Uh, It's a bit of an idea. You don't have to do it. But like we thought maybe like, you know, since we drink blood, maybe the baby wants blood. You don't have to preface it with that it's a monstrous. And she's like, oh no, what could it be? And it's like, oh my God, the the way- they only are just realizing this now. It still floors me. And so Carlyle goes, we think the fetus might have an appetite closer to ours than to yours. We think it's thirsty. And she blinks and she goes, oh, and then she goes, oh. So she, she's like, wow, that's a crazy thought. It's like, oh my God, it's obvious. And she's like, oh, okay. So I have to drink it. She She's quicker than them, really. She goes, yeah, I can do that. It's practice for the future. That's what I said. So she goes, so who's going to go catch me a grizzly bear? It's like, oh my god. The <laughs> I think I've ranted about this before, but the way they just think grizzly bears are expendable. It's like, oh my God. Are they an endangered species right now? Like, leave the grizzlies alone. They can drink anything. They can drink any animal blood that they want. They can live off any animal blood, but they only want to go after the exotic creatures. It's crazy. It's crazy. She just expects to drink a grizzly? A grizzly? She doesn't want to work her way up to it. She doesn't want to have like a chicken or a cow, but no, she's going straight for a grizzly she's an idiot. I don't know if she's joking, but that's so stupid. And they're like, no, doll, we're not going to go and kill a grizzly. You need human blood. We're vegetarians, but I mean, we're not pregnant. So Edward explains, he goes, well, if the fetus is craving blood, it's not craving animal blood. And Rosalie says, it won't make a difference. It won't make a difference. Just, it's, it's blood. Just drink it. Just don't think about it. And Bella goes, oh my God, who? And then she she looks at Jacob thinking that she's going to have to start drinking Jacob's blood. And they're like, no, c- calm down, idiot. We've got, we've got blood bags. We've got donations. We're not going to make you drink Jacob's blood in front of us. And Jacob's also like, yeah, also, I'm not human. I have got 34 chromosomes. I'm a werewolf, idiot. Like, it's going to kill the baby if it uses his blood, like, if anything. Oh, okay. And so then Rosalie goes, don't worry, we've got blood. We've just got a whole big stock of blood out the back. We'll go and kill grizzlies, but we do have a way of stealing blood from the hospital. And so Bella, she's really not that bothered. She runs her hand across her stomach and she goes, well, <laughs> I'm starving. So I'll bet he is too. Again with the he, again with the male pronouns. Oh, stop gendering the little dickhead baby inside of you. Oh my God. And then she goes, let's go for it. My first vampire act. This this woman, this woman fainted when she did a little blood test back in chapter five of Twilight. And now she's like, yeah, all right, bring out some blood serve it to me in a silver bowl. I'm ready. She's not going to faint or anything because she's a new person. And that was the end of the chapter. Like what a what a frustrating chapter. The, the way they didn't think that maybe the baby wants blood. Like that's just, oh, so stupid. Okay, so then the next chapter is good thing I've got a strong stomach. <laughs> so, so I imagine Jacob's going to watch her drinking some blood. Can't wait for that. So I'll see you guys next week. Uh, as always, you can head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash breaking down bad books, and you can get in on the end of the Fifty Shades Freed action over there. Ratings and reviews are also super appreciated. And I'll see you guys next week for more, more of this. Okay, bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to BreakingDownPod at gmail.com or on Twitter at PodBreakingDown and Instagram at BreakingDownBadBooks. You can visit www.BreakingDownBadBooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash Books. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.